Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sons Undone podcast, part of the Pulse Podcast Network. I am your host, Shams Ahmad. And let's introduce you to our four man starting lineup for this episode. At point guard, 5'9, but 5'10 in high school for reasons unknown, Christian Campbell. At shooting guard, 6'3, crippled knee from West Phoenix, Arizona, Marquise Nicholson. At small forward, 6 foot. The best surprise from Surprise Arizona, affectionately known as Crispy, Christian Stakowski. And yours truly, power forward, 5'10 on a good day from Redlands, California, Shamgod Shams Ahmad. Today's pod and starting lineup is brought to you by Tixblix, the official ticket provider for the Pulse Podcast Network. Have you been searching for the best ticket deals around? Well, look no further. With TixFlix, the price you see is the price you pay. And TixFlix just happens to have over $6 billion in ticket inventory just waiting for you. They absolutely mean it when they say every ticket, every venue, everywhere. And you can save even more with promo code PULSE in all caps to save you 5% off your total purchase. Just go to TixFlix.com and click the search bar. Search events based on your geographic location. Pick the show you want, and bam, it's showtime. Sporting events, Broadway shows, concerts, and more with TixFlix.com. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for the email newsletter so you can stay up to date on the latest news and savings with TixFlix. That's TixFlix.com. T-I-X-D-L-I-T-Z.com. Every ticket, every venue, everywhere. Don't forget to use promo code capital letters PULSE at checkout. All right, gentlemen, give a good hello to our listeners today. Hey, guys. What's going on? Sir, ready to get started. All righty. we got a slew of topics today. Uh, we'll be starting off with uh, kind of a first-half recap, both for the, you know, the Suns and the league. Uh, we'll give our reviews and thoughts on the trade deadline. Uh, maybe make some predictions for the rest of the regular season and playoffs. Uh, and in more recent news, we'll be going over the Rising Stars game, uh, the results from that, uh, predictions for the rest of All-Star Weekend uh, in order, with starting from the Skills Challenge on Saturday night uh, all the way through to the All-Star Game score and MVP. Um, but yeah, guys, so first half recap. Uh, you know, it's been a long season for the Suns so far. Um, Standing at 11 wins, and God knows how many losses, because there's just been so many of them. 48, to be exact. 48. <laughs> 11 <laughs> wins and 48 <clears throat> losses. On the pace currently to finish at a worse record than we did last year, which is something that nobody, nobody can claim to say they saw coming. Um, nope. Fortunately. Uh, you know, you would have thought adding, you know, the number one pick and some veterans would have turned things around. It all looked good when we attended the first game together, but after that, it kind of just fell apart. So, um, what do you guys think happened? Why do you, why why are we in such dysfunction right now? Well, I mean, <clears throat> it all starts with the front office, like we said, like we always say. Um, failing to get a point guard, failing to get vets that will actually help the team win. <laughs> I mean, we started the season with Isaiah Cannon and Ryan Anderson. Is there? Any worse starting point guard, any worse power forward in the league that you guys can think of? You know, it's, really been such a, it's been such a long season that I totally forgot that Isaiah Cannon was even a starting point guard for a, pre, for a period in time. 
Yeah, that's what I was saying earlier. Like, it, we started off, like, so bad, it's really just been, like, a blur. Like, I could barely even remember the first, like, couple weeks of the season, maybe. Right. How, how many how many opening day starting point guards have just gotten weight? Like, that, re- that really happened. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of uh, terrifying. But, <laughs> Keith, any opinion on, you know, how we started this season? Like, when we came in, we all thought... We had a pretty good off season. Like they added, besides the point guard, they added what we. Yes, we just thought those vets were going to be better than they were. Yep. Didn't seem like he cared at all. Yeah. Right. Uh, would have anything left, but he didn't really have anything left. I mean, I don't. I don't completely blame them. I mean, I thought his play was solid for the most part. I would say. Would yeah. I, mean, I think. I think he saw the vision, but then it kind of you know, came here. I mean, money was a factor to it, it always is, but of, I think he saw, you know, we're a young team, we're on the rise, and I don't really think it went as he would like it or as he expected, but you know, that stuff mm-hmm. kind of just happens, but at least we got a nice little payout from getting rid of him, you know, Kelly Oubre, looking really good for us, hopefully he'll yeah. be here for a while. Yeah, Oubre was a good group. We'll, we'll bring him yeah. up in our, we, in our trade recap and trade deadline recap, uh, yeah. but you know, that was a great payout. Um mm-hmm. You know, what, what really bothers me is that, you know, and, you know, obviously, you know, one game was one game, and it was the first game of the year, everybody was on a high, and everybody was really excited, you know, to get back to basketball. And a team that had not played together, you know, coming together to have that ridiculous, uh, you know, first game where we played, you know, what is the, you know, pretty decent Dallas team right now, and yeah. absolutely just, you know, showed out in all sorts of ways. Uh, Igor Kokoskov's, you know, rotations looked good. Everything looked good. You know, a reason, you know, but average, you know, what he had 25 points or so that game. So I don't know how that goes from, you know, that to what it did go to, you know? Yeah. That that game felt really real, man. Like, I, yeah. truly, I truly felt like our culture had changed from that. Oh, game. yeah. We like, all bet yeah. on that. <laughs> I mean, like, it, it was crazy. Like, we really saw what, like, Aiden, like, Aiden was doing exactly what we thought he was going to do. He was yeah. dominating the paint. He was hitting middies like it was no one's business. Yeah, Booker was, looked so healthy, you know, he was going off. He looked explosive, like, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, that that, that was the best I've probably ever seen him, like, athletically. Yeah, yeah Buck was well-rested because he had just sat out because of that, you know, that right pinky or whatever that he was sitting out for. So, conditioning-wise, yeah. he was great, considering it wasn't a lower body injury. So, I mean, he exactly. came off and he dropped. You know, 35 for his game, and DeAndre had 18 and 11. You know, first bucket was, you know, backing down Luka Doncic, which you will get into later. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's just, it's unfortunate how it started and how, you know, or it's fortunate how it started and unfortunate how it fell apart so ridiculously. Yeah. Um, and currently, and as for, as for books specifically, also, um, he was he was adjusting to playing you know like full time point guard full time playmaker in the beginning and his turnovers were really really high early on, but then he got a little better and adjusted better to playing point guard. I would say. Yeah, no, he definitely did. Um, I don't know if he'll ever fall into, you know, the point guard role that they've been trying to put on him. Um, I'm not right. really sure I want him to, but it, no, no, we don't. I mean, that's only yeah. that's only because of the makeup and structure of the team right now. It's like mm-hmm. our only choice. Really. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, it's rough, but we'll see how that goes. Um, 
currently in the midst of a 15 game losing streak. Um, how big is the NBA games? now, actually? Because yeah. the Knicks just won, I believe, last night or mm-hmm. two nights ago. One of the two. Well, last night. They were yeah. on the 17, I believe. So now. 19. Here we are, 20, 19. 20, yeah, 19. 19 worse. I don't even know. But uh, do you think we get past that? Do you think it can snap, get snapped in the next four games or so? Um, depends who we play. Do you? Do any of you know who we play? Yeah, yes. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's the Hawks and the Cavs. So those are two winnable games. So we've got the Cleveland Cavaliers on Thursday, the 21st, in Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, we have the Hawks on the 23rd on Saturday, and Monday we play the Heat. So, yeah. I mean, definitely winnable games. You know, if it doesn't happen in the next few games, I don't know when it's going to happen because after the yeah. they run. Yeah, up, isn't that the truth? We you got to Speaking speaking of games in a row, Mm -hmm. we should definitely speak on that little win streak we went on right before we acquired Ubre. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, that was very fun when we beat Boston. Same kind of feeling that 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 first game gave us, where that little okay, maybe we turned the corner. We were like, oh yeah, okay, we're back, and then here we back are. um, Exactly, fifteen game losing streak again. And that that was also Aiton's best stretch of the season by far. I think. Oh yeah. Yeah, he was getting, like, I think I think that was a stretch where he got like twenty five and fifteen back to back games or something like that. It, 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 I'm pretty sure it was too. Yeah. Yeah, there was about six straight games where he had just ripped off, you know, twelve, thirteen plus rebound games. Yeah, and, um, and and he was getting easy buckets too. Book was like diamond him, looping him, really, really yeah. easily. What do you guys think about? Let's get into DeAndre Ayton a little bit. First pick of the draft, obviously. Um, kind of did his thing in summer league. Give us a little taste of what we're going to do. Uh, speaking of his first half, um, let's just get some opinions. Obviously, I'm going to start with, you know, uh, he's averaging 16.5 points, 10.5 rebounds. Uh, Suns have never had a player average six, a double-double in his first season. On 60% shooting, too. On 60% yeah. shooting. Ridiculously efficient rookie. Um, but hasn't really, I mean, obviously, you know, it's a part of having 11 wins and 48 losses. Um but hasn't really gotten a whole lot of buzz. And it's, you know, yep. what do you guys think it's about? I think one of the things it's definitely about is um, he's a big man, and they don't really affect the game as how, like, a guard or a forward can. I think that's a lot of why Luka's getting hyped than Aiden does right now. Definitely. Mm-hmm. No, I, I mean, to be honest, that's true. It's very true that he doesn't get used the way it is. But I don't think that's something that has to be that way. I think that, you know, the usage of how they've used him and how they've tried to get him the ball this season so far hasn't been exactly what, you know, we would have hoped, you know. Yeah, it's definitely. Like and having a point guard, or not point guard does not help at all. That's probably one of the main things. That there hurts. That, and it almost, yeah, seems like, it almost seems like Igor's punishing him for not being Luka, you know. It's like, it seems like he wanted him to be Luka, and instead, because... He didn't get Luka. He didn't bother game planning for it. Yeah. It, 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 it sucks because he really is. I mean, we could pretty much run say he's averaging 17 and 11, and it still feels like he's not, like, all, like, there. Yeah, yeah, like, all, like, doing everything he can, you know? Exactly. I, like, I don't know. It, it's, it's hard to explain. Mm-hmm. That's why his potential is still so scary, man. Like, this guy does not have a legit playmaker, a legit point guard. He's not, you know, shooting threes yet. There's just so much he can still work on, and he's already it's already 16 and 11 on great efficiency. You know? So it's encouraging, man. Offensively, at least. Yes, of course. So 
Uh, I mean, even defensively, I don't really think. I mean, what I've noticed, yeah, it's, it's something I've noticed. What I've noticed watching him, it's like uh, it's not. I mean, I mean, let's just get this straight. I'm not saying he's a great defender or anything like that. Uh, <laughs> but but you know, when he's got a man in front of him, he's a good defender. You know, he's so, not so, a bad defender yeah. when he has a man in front of him and he's focused. The yeah, thing uh-huh. where he lacks, sorry, yeah, the thing where he lacks is that. Uh, when you, you know, put him off the ball and you let him kind of float in the middle of that paint or around the paint and you tell him to kind of watch his defender or make sure it doesn't anything, you know, happens, he totally loses, uh, you know, kind of concentration on this space. And it's gotten better over the season, but he still has those rookie mistakes and those kind right. of things. Do you guys think that's a byproduct of being a rookie or do you think it's more of a character? Uh, I'd say it's a little bit of both because obviously that was by far probably the most complained about trait about him in college. Wouldn't you guys agree with that? Yeah, yeah. 100%. He just doesn't have the greatest, you know, defensive instincts, I guess you could say. But the thing is, he's one of the most athletic players in the league, one of the most mm-hmm. athletic big men, and right. he can easily fix some of those things. And I, I think we're already st- starting to see that a little bit, ever so slightly. Yeah, I mean, it just... It, he has that IQ on the, you know, on the offensive end. He knows where to be. He knows how to ball. Uh, he knows how to make plays, you know? It's just, I don't know, what is it between an NBA player that just stops him from, you know, translating that offensive IQ to a defensive IQ? Um, I, I, um, I'm not too worried about it. I think he'll get that. I, I think he's still a rookie. We're kind of, like, bagging on him. We're kind of making it hard for him right now. But definitely, definitely. I, I, I definitely see him getting better defensively as years come. Mm-hmm. Now, the whole quietness also in the media, I mean, do you think it's? Do you think you know the star? You know the starring. You know abilities of Luka Doncic has anything to do with it? Yeah, I mean that's just that's just the narrative that they picked this year. You know the, the Euro stars come in right away and is already the most NBA ready rookie so far. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it's the same thing every year. This year's Luka. Last year, well, it was Mitchell. I guess we. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. A couple guys last season. Mitchell yeah, and Tatum. Exactly. The year before that, it's, it's, it's always. It's something like guys like Tatum are still being overrated a bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's speak. Let's speak on. Uh, let's get away from the signs a little bit. Let's look at uh, these rookies that we're talking about here. About Luka Doncic, about Jaron Jackson. A strong top five this year. Strong. Even even past that, we've gotten out of the top ten. Um, who do you think? I mean, obviously, Luka is going to take your number one, uh, your rookie of the year award. Um, outside of Aiton, indifferent to Aiton, don't worry about Aiton. Who is your ranking order from there forward? Let's start with Christian. Christian, go ahead. Who do you who would you put your top five be right now if Aiton wasn't there? Uh, after obviously Luca. I mean, do you have Luca number one? De- yeah, definitely have him number one. I've got Aiton obviously after him. I probably I probably got Trey for sure. Trey Young number three. Yep. Um, what about four or five? Would you put Jared? Would you put? Uh, Jared Jackson, obviously. Uh, Kevin Knox, who would you put? Bagley. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd put Bagley. You'd put Bagley fourth, even given the amount of time he's missed? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. definitely. Yeah, I would probably, def- I mean, I would definitely say Luca. I mean, he's been incredible. You can't really take anything. Be honest, being Suns fans and seeing Luca get all the light over eight, it obviously gets kind of annoying sometimes, but you got to give the man credit. He's been really incredible. He's changing that franchise pretty much around from where they have been the last couple of years. 
And then after that, Trey Young, again, unbelievable player. I'd probably put him right below Luka, uh, if we're not including Aiden, of course. He's been great. Just playmaking's all there. He started off kind of rough shooting off, but I think in the last, like, I think, I don't know if it's February or January, he's shooting, like, 43% from three, and he's averaging over nine assists, which that's just, yeah, that's incredible. I mean, what is he, 19, 20 years old? rookie year I'm doing that that's I mean it's only going to get better from there and yeah that was one of those things that you know coming into the draft that everyone knew he could shoot but they didn't know if he could shoot efficiently we thought he'd be you know he'd be a shot chucker but he's coming out here and he's shooting he can do it you know yeah I also think Colin Sexton is being slept on just a little bit it's kind of like how Aiden is because he's exactly a bad team and Sexton's on a really bad team so he's kind of getting, like, you know, overshadowed by the other rookies. You know yeah. what it was is that I thought, you know, Colin Sexton was kind of my sleeper pick for rookie of the year because I thought, you know, he's got a, you know, a great defensive profile and he's got a team that still has, you know, a generally healthy Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson. I didn't think the Cavs were going to be as bad as they were this year, to be totally honest with you guys. It didn't surprise I, me that they were, but, um, <laughs> you know, I thought, I if anything, he either. might make a run, and if he was going to be the player I thought he was going to be a little more, uh, he would have kind of turned it around. But, no, he's been good, too. I mean, not as good as I thought he was going to be. Keith, what about you? You've been awfully quiet. Marquise Nicholson, tell <laughs> us your thoughts. Uh, your rookie starting five, who you got? Okay, well, same as everyone else, of course, you know, Luca. You got to give it to Luca. Like I say, I always say, we, Chris people said this earlier too, the, I think guards and wings could take over games better than big men. So that's why Luca's looking how he's looking right now. Mm-hmm. I include an Aiden, and I'm going to go Trey to into the draft. You know, most of the people, most everyone was talking about his shooting, but I didn't even think his shooting was the best thing about him. I thought it was his passing anyways. Who's the third player? Nash, baby. Yes, sir. <laughs> don't really make sense. Why? Uh, I think that's best, that was the best thing about him coming in. It wasn't really his shooting. Mm-hmm. So, 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 Keith, who would you put after Trey Young? Because that's kind of what I was. I if it's Bagley, if it's Sexton, if it's Jaron Jackson, who who do you think it is? I would I would go with Jaron Jackson. I will put Bagley, but like Sean said, I'm gonna just give it to Jerry Jackson because Bagley did miss a little some time, and Jerry Jackson's been playing good too. The the only yeah, thing is, Bagley, Bagley since he's been back has looked really good. Like it we saw like the first end like last week when he played the Suns, and what do you have like 32 points, career high it's or something? Great and he was doing yeah. everything, man. He was rebounding, running the floor. I mean, he's just like he's starting to look like an unstoppable force. He will be soon. Yeah, yeah he's not incredible. Jerry Jackson would probably be right there behind. Uh, trade for me as well. Um, uh, Bagley's been great. Uh, I just still like Jaron. Just shows so much, though. You know, it was one of those things that coming into the draft, um, he was my top bust potential pick because I thought, you know, yes, he was versatile. But a lot of times, being versatile in college doesn't always translate to being good at all, at all those skills. You know, coming into the league, usually you retain one or two of them because you can't rely on the other ones. But Jaron's come in. And it, he's, you know, been, you know, he's, he's been a professional. It's, it's, mm-hmm. a way to put it is, I mean, he's doing like everything they've needed him to do pretty much. Exactly. Yeah. And I don't know if it's a byproduct of, you know, being, you know, you know, where he is as a role on the Memphis Grizzlies of why he hasn't necessarily exploded. But I think his skills have put him at such a high level. He's shown that he can do everything, you know. At, yeah. at the NBA level, he doesn't always do them all the time or consistently. 
but he does them well when he does them. So I think now that Gasol's gone, we'll, we'll really find out like what he's made of, like what he can be yeah. in the future, uh, the yeah. second half of the season, and so on. No, absolutely. So Bagley obviously more comfortable to trademark. Yeah, no, for sure. I think if his progression was a little slower, I think uh, they would have had a little bit harder time dealing with Mark. But uh, given also their position uh, in the tank race, they're still within you know reach <laughs> of getting there. So. Yeah, which is crazy because they started off so well and everyone eyes, but then they kind of fell back down the earth. Yeah, no, they started how I thought they were going to start because I knew you know Gasol was coming back healthy, rested. Uh, Conley was coming back healthy and rested. Jaron was going to be there. Um, you got second year or whatever, second third year Dylan Brooks. Um, I thought they were going to make you know a little bit of noise, and they did at the start of the season. But it kind of uh, leveled off. So Booker hit that game winner and crushed him. Yeah, That's yeah. Right. yeah, yes, sir. Yeah, <laughs> <just> sunk him. <laughs> okay, well, um, besides like rookies around the league, what do you guys have to say about like? Our rookies outside of Aiden, since we were talking to him. So Bridges, Melton, Okobo. Uh, well, Bridges is not enough to say you could say about Bridges. Bridges, um, you know, if you look at the box score, you're going to be confused about why people love him so much. You know, because he doesn't show up on the box score like that. Not to say he doesn't have those skills, uh, but that's just how it's been. You know, it's not that you know he does fill up the stat boxes or short. You know, scores a lot of points or grabs a lot of rebounds or even grabs a lot of steals, but if you go ahead and look at some advanced stats, you look at how many uh, deflections he's had on yep. the season, for example. It's yeah. about being there, you know? And what's just, you know, what's funny is I actually uh, looked at it right as we were going into break, and um, him and Kelly Oubre um, are sixth and seventh in the league in deflections. And, and Melton's uh, up there. It doesn't surprise me at all. Right, no, not at all. So yeah, it's just active, tell, yeah. you know, it was, yeah. is the one thing you got to say about Mikael Bridges. He's active, he's long, and he just knows how to. You know, that's one of the things where when we drafted him, I was kind of happy that we weren't drafting a 19-year-old kid. We were drafting, you know, a, a guy who's ready to play. Yeah. 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 A guy who's seasoned a little bit and has been on championship teams in college exactly. and knows kind of what it takes to win basketball games. Yeah, he just, he just knows his role, you know. He's going to go out there, he's going to do what's best for the team. No yeah, and even if what. even if he's in an abstract situation where sometimes this season has been on a team that has you know four small forwards, he just does mm-hmm. what he's good at, you know, and that's yeah. you know being present in a basketball game, making his impact felt. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah, for yeah. I think for years to come, he's going to be a really really good shooter too. We've seen we've seen yeah. glimpses of it, you know, yeah, early, you know, early on. He kind of kind of was cold lately, and then got hot again. But I, I really yeah. like his stroke too. Yeah, he's he struggled early, and he kind of seemed to be tinkering with his form, which he shouldn't be doing because the form is great. Um, I think he just got a little uninspired by his shooting numbers. Um, but there's no reason he shouldn't, you know, bounce back from those. It's I would owe it up to anything, you know, maybe just you know rookie woes or adjusting to the three point line and everything like that. So yeah, I think the biggest thing with him, like the first half of the season, was his consistency. Like he, he like 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 you were saying, he kind of was all over the place. Like you would have these cold streaks and then these hot streaks. Um, I think once he gets his you know his shot down, consistency down, I think he'll be a really good player. And I do think we actually uh, we did get a steal from the Sixers for that. Yeah, I don't yeah. miss Zaire Smith at all. Yeah, no offense to Zaire Smith. Yeah, he has been injured. Yeah. Uh, we haven't yeah, seen him play yet. Right, that's that's why yeah. I just said, don't quote me on this next year. <laughs> Wait, Wait, frankly, I don't know what's going to happen. Oh. 
Alright, so do you guys agree he's the best defender in his class? Perim yeah, best perimeter defender. I would say so. I, I do you think he's, he's better than uh, Jared Jackson? Jackson up there. Yeah, yeah. You can have Jackson yeah, up there. Jackson's up there for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, I might put him, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll see I a couple tough, years down the road. I think it's tough to say that on this team that's so bad. You know, generally yeah. speaking, you would think somebody who's going to be you know, the, the best defender in this class would be. I'm not saying he doesn't yeah. make enough impact. Um, obviously, there's other pieces here. Yeah. You know, I think yeah. I'm not going to knock him for that. But it's hard to say that when you're on the worst team in the NBA, though. You know? Like, so people won't take it seriously. When I'm no, it really won't. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. That's why they don't take yeah. the Booker All-Star thing seriously. You know? Yeah. Same, same, same thing. I mean, <laughs> Booker's dad said it. The Booker's dad <laughs> said it when nobody watches this. Yeah. I mean, Melvin said it best. Melvin Booker said it best. He goes, he's pretty, he puts up All-Star numbers, but wins and losses matter. So... Yeah. I don't think anything more needs to be said about that, you know? Yes, he's a yeah. snub. You can't really be mad about a snub when you're 11, 40, 11 and 48, you know? And Book yeah. knows that. You can also, you know with that. all the time he's missed, it's kind of hard to put him in definitely, there. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. If, if he was like at 27, 28 a game, but, mm -hmm. you know, even 25 a game, sure. probably, probably not enough for no. an 11 win team. <laughs> no, not at all. So, And if he was averaging 28, we might not be 11. So. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Okay, so how about the the two second round picks, Okobo and Melon? Any opinion? No comment. Uh, I, mean, geez, I know you. I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, well, I have to take this one away since he loves Melon. Go ahead. He tells you guys what you think. I think Melon is that high for either of them. Melon a little better. I think Okobo is better offensively, but Okobo gives me like I don't want to have to bring his name up, but he gives me like the better vibes to where he's like. Do you say Bender vibes? Yes, Bender vibes. Oh, how do the, how oh, the young, young Dragon vibes too? Oh, great! He's from France, and all of a sudden he's Bender. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great. That makes sense too, Christian. Like the young Dragon, like he's just like yeah, a little like, bit. He's just out there to pass. Like there's a, there's a I mean, couple of times where he's out of lane and he'll just like pass. I mean, that's not a terrible. I mean, yeah, it's really not. Pretty, on his defense terrible. right now, he's kind of yeah. just getting thrown around. I mean, he yeah. he's small. You know, he has he doesn't have that strength there yet. I I think he could get there, but you yeah. Know. Neither of those guys have any business being a starting point guard for an NBA team. Yeah, definitely. Just, you know, even even the worst team in the NBA. Even the, yeah, even, even the worst team. They both show yeah. they both show pretty good upside in in certain categories, but yeah. I mean, if you can't hold a starting spot on an 11 and 48 team, I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I do have some hope in the future for him. More Melton than a Kobo. But, I mean, uh, what is that really saying right now, you know? <laughs> exactly. We could throw, throw Melton up there in the, uh, like, oh, defensive-wise. Yeah. Uh, I could throw him up there in I don't know. I've seen him have some really bad lapses, though. So. Yeah. yeah, it's hard. He gambles a lot. Yeah, but he's, he's yeah the only thing with Melton is, I be like me being a Debbie Downer, but I feel like most of the time his defense doesn't make up for his offense. Like, offensively, he is lacking, like, badly. Yeah, like, in terms of, like, aspect. Yeah. I know, except maybe, like, transition. Like, he's not terrible in transition, exactly. but he's not that good of a finisher, I guess. I'd say more as, like, a playmaker in transition, I think, I don't want to say it will be his ceiling, but I think where he'll kind of fall is like that, like, backup point guard role more than anything, mm -hmm. which right. isn't terrible for a second-round pick. I, I'm not expecting him to be this, like, 
Yeah, if he's a European player, he can get drafted drafted in the second round and stay in the league for that matter and, and hold some rotation. That's not saying too much or nothing too good. All right. Uh, uh, let's uh, move on from these second rounders for a moment here. Uh, and um, let's give some first half grades right now uh, on the rest of the league. Uh, as a whole, I mean, let's go from the top, and we'll go with MVP picks for everybody so far right now. Um, I know it's a tip, but if I had to, you know, if the season ended today, uh, yours truly, I would take, uh, right now, Giannis and Tetacumpo as MVP. Uh, let's start with Crispy. Crispy, who's your MVP pick for the season? I, I have to go with Harden. Just what he's done. What was it, the month of January where he averaged like 45 points? And I know it's not one off of solely one month, but he's really kind of kept them in that playoff race. Right now, they're 33-24. and 24. Without that performance, they could have easily fell out of the playoffs. And with CP3 out, with Capella out, he really had to show out to, you know, kind of keep them in that conversation. I think Paul George kind of makes a, a really close race as well, just what he's done defensively. And he's kind of taken that team over. I don't want to say he's take it from yep. took, he took it from Westbrook, but I mean in the sense he kind of has Westbrook's well, kind of taken yeah. that like side role that he's you know he's fine with or whatever. Yeah, but, he's definitely given him the keys for sure. Yeah, he knows, but, he knows the best for the team. Yeah, and then I would definitely go Giannis after that, but those would probably be my top three. But if the season was then right now, I I definitely have to go Harden. Christian, yeah. what do you think? Harden? Yeah, I I completely agree with Crispy. Um, I think what Harden's done, especially in the absence of Chris Paul and Clint Capella, still keeping them at the fifth seed, that's just really, really impressive. And I know, you know, this award is sometimes looked at as the best player on the best team. But I think given, given the circumstances Harden's dealt with and the crazy numbers he's put up, um, I think he's close enough to the, to the one seed. You know, I mean, what is he? He's eight games back from the one seed, six games from the two seed. I mean, they're, they're, in, pretty good, they're in a pretty good spot right now. I, I just think that those, those numbers... Those individual numbers is what puts him over Giannis and Paul George, even though George has been the best two-way player in the league, too. So. Uh, I love Paul George. But yeah, I, I yeah, agree. Seriously. We have a guy in here, uh, Keith, that kind of likes him a little bit. Yeah, Keith. Kind of a fan. <laughs> do you, but the question is, do you like him enough to take him as, a, as your MVP so far? You guys know. That's been my guy. The, the jokes about, what's his name on Utah? Name Ingles. Joe Ingles. Joe Ingles. Joe Ingles jokes, man. <laughs> But I, that's my guy now, but I'm not going to pick him. So I really wish I could. Harden? Are you? I'm, I, I actually agree with you. For who? Yeah. I'm going with Giannis. Oh, with Giannis? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd definitely take Giannis. I mean, not definitely, but it's a definitely close race to me. I love Harden. And, you know, it's just his scoring runs have been incredible. But I kind of give right. value to Milwaukee being number one because – because the East was, you know, there was no clear-cut winner right now. You know, there was never a number one seed that we were like, yeah, they were going to be the number one seed this year. People were saying Boston. People were saying Toronto. Yeah, no uh, one picked no one Philly. Picked. Nobody, nobody really picked uh, Milwaukee. You know, some people did, but not, no, nobody really told you in the preseason that, you know, he's going to be, you know, or Milwaukee's going to be number one. And they're not even just number one. They've been a strong number one, you know. Uh, everybody else in that in that top four, top five has you know great records in the East. Um, honest, so they're probably like the only top team in the East that like has an identity. Yeah, 
you know, it's just, and Milwaukee is more That's like, true. yeah, Milwaukee's kind of, you know, that team that it's kind of just Giannis and a bunch of role players, you know? Yeah, they know who they are, unlike the other teams right now. They're still, to me, figuring well, themselves Chris out. Middleton, Chris Middleton as well. I mean, he's well, an all-star. Yes, he's an all-star. I don't want to say that. A role Brooke player Lopez all-star. Too. Just kidding. Brooke's yeah, Brook Lopez has been spraying from the three-point line for no reason. Well, that's what it is, though. It's like these are role players, though, that have just been absolutely murdering it this year. So I'm not trying to discount them or anything, but it's like... No, I, I, just, I definitely... You know what yeah, yeah, 100%. So. No, they've been great. I mean, Brogdon, shout out, uh, not Brogdon, but go ahead. Who's the point guard for the Bucks? Okay. <laughs> I was going to say shout out. I don't want to be here. <laughs> so, uh, Kyrie, I mean, uh, Eric Bledsoe. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, that guy. We don't want to talk about that guy. Okay, all right. <laughs> Off the Bucks. Well, uh, yeah, Jonathan's my pick. Cool. All right. Uh, from there, what about? Um, I think we can all pretty much agree. We can skip. Rookie of the Year, uh, Luca. Everybody. Yeah, we kind of covered that already. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, from there, uh, sixth man. Let's. Uh, it's kind yeah, of been a weird award the last couple of years. It's kind of just been Lou Williams and the rest of the people. Um, who would it be this year, though? I I personally go with Derek Rose. I, I think mm-hmm. his resurgence, and, and I also and I also think the nar- the narrative fits this year, and mm-hmm. the media will, will probably be biased towards him. But award. does I think. I would like to say Derrick Rose as well, but does Minnesota finish you know well enough for him to really kind of gain? Right, exactly. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. Crispy, who would, you, who would you take right now? I don't know. That's a good question. I would probably, for now, have to go Sabonis. I mean, he's 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 been really is he good. Off the bench? He is coming off the bench. He, right? Yeah, he yeah. is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that'd be. A good one. Well, I'm trying to um, look up his averages right now. Right. He's really been something special off the bench. I mean, 14, 10, and 3. Playing 25 minutes really isn't terrible. And they're the 3 seed in the... Which, I mean, we knew the Pacers were going to be pretty good. But right. I don't think we expected the 3 seed over teams like the Sixers and the Celtics so far. Definitely. Yeah. It's probably going to be Lou Will again. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately. Sadly, what Because he's what? What's yeah. happening? Like nineteen or nineteen five. Yeah, something like yeah. that. I wouldn't be surprised if he's averaging twenty to be honest. He's like he's like on that. He's doing he's doing like pretty much what Jamal Crawford was doing. Yeah. Like in his I mean, time, like where he's, yeah, he's averaging twenty pretty much. Twenty and five. Twenty three and five. like he owns that award like Jamal yeah. Crawford. And especially and especially yeah. like the, given the state of the Clippers too, you know, they have they have no superstars. Everyone thought they were gonna fall off this year and they're right there in the playoff race. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's impressive. What you call yeah. a bucket. He's definitely been up there. Um, I'd probably give it to, I mean, I don't know how much of a sixth man he really is. I haven't really watched too many games with theirs, but I know he's been awesome. Uh, probably Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that is a really good choice. Actually. He's, he's, he's come off the bench a lot. Yeah, I mean, him and... Pretty much, much a sixth man. The thing is, yeah. is, he, is he getting all... Does he still come off the bench? Uh, I think he's hurt right now. I think he does. Oh, he I think right there now. might have. Been, oh, is he hurt? Oh, yeah, he's it's hurt. hurt. He's oh, also before like he was before he was starting because LeBert was hurt. Yeah, right, right. But he's usually he's off the bench. All right. Yeah, I would definitely think. You know, <laughs> he'd be right there. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, from there, let's think. Defensive Player of the Year. Who would you guys take, real quick? George, baby. Yeah, yeah, Paul George. I agree with that one. 
Yeah, he's, he's been, been, he's been so team, awesome. Okay. He's been so awesome on defense. Another get killed on screens. Okay. All right, let's move into uh, a little more to the trade deadline. Uh, you know, all around the league for the Suns, uh, obviously the Tyler Johnson trade. Uh, let's, we can lump in the Kelly trade with it as well, uh, even though that wasn't really the deadline. But quite frankly, there hasn't been much else to talk about, you know, as far as good things that have happened. So um, let's start with the Kelly trade. Kelly Oubre uh, and Austin Rivers coming in for uh, Trevor Ariza. Uh, obviously, Ariza wasn't happy. Goes back to a situation where he knows Kelly Oubre. And uh, just a piece to make, you know, the stuff work. Awesome. Rivers chooses not to stick around. Uh, we'll forget it. We'll forgive him for that. Um, but, you know, Kelly Oubre has been um, somebody that's really made, a, you know, a quick and impactful presence on this team. Uh, what do you guys think? Do we, do, do we, you know, coming up on his restricted deal, you know, coming up uh, in his restricted free agency, um, do you guys give it to him? Do you guys want to sign him? Uh, what kind of money would you be willing to give him? What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely want to resign him. Um, I think the trade pretty much makes sen- made sense in every way possible. You're basically trading Trevor Ariza for a younger version of Trevor Ariza with even more athletic upside. Mm-hmm. And you He's also you- completely beautiful. But Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> He's so handsome. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, you, you fill him out the rest of the season, you know, get a feel of whether you want to re-sign him or not. And I think, obviously, most of us want to re-sign him. We've seen a lot of positives from him. I'd, mm-hmm. I'd probably, I mean, I'd probably give him somewhere around like four years, 60, 65, maybe, maybe even a little bit more. What do you guys think? I think um, going into the offseason, it should definitely be our number one priority is bringing him back. I know we have wing. Number but, one, okay. But, yeah. like, just what he's what like he's gonna be part of the the culture change is what I believe. Um, I uh, I kind of agree with the numbers you pointed out. Um, I would hope that it'd be less, but with this market now, we see guys like Otto Porter getting exactly. a max. Exactly. So, exactly. I'm he's to... definitely yeah. I, I see you're trying to be more realistic, but that should definitely be one, if not the main priority we have heading into the off season, in my opinion. Keith, what do you think? What kind of things we should do for him? I agree. I would give him exactly what Christian said. Four and sixty-five. What does that average out to? About uh, it was about fifteen million a year. A little more than fifteen yeah. million. Yeah, yeah about. I think yeah, him and Holmes. We need to make sure him and Holmes don't go anywhere. So they this might like, sound weird. I love Kelly. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely love Kelly. Um, and um, I love Holmes too. I think Holmes is more of a priority than Kelly is to be. But let me explain to you why, uh, and better yet, the reason why I would say this, uh, let's, I'm not even about Holmes. I think it's more, I mean, I don't, I, I get I get in trouble when I kind of think, you know, roster makeup wise, and I try to look at numbers and that kind of thing. Um, when you have, you know, small, you know, four forwards, four small forwards that can really all start when you really look at it, you know, you got two of them still on the rookie deals. Another one that you just gave a four-year deal. And you look at Kelly's, you know, role on the team. Is he clear-cut better than those other three guys? Is he somebody that you want moving forward? If you do sign Kelly to a four-year, $65 million deal, what do you do with those other three guys? Obviously, everybody would probably agree to trade PJ. But even if you do trade PJ, you still have two small forwards uh, that are under the age of 23 
24 years old and Josh and uh, mm-hmm. Mikhail. And um, you look at them and you think, do you trade them? Do you try to swing a deal that would make your team better while you keep Kelly as just small, you know, just starting, you know, small forward? Because uh, a guy you're giving $16 million a year to, you don't really want to bring him off the bench. So um, I don't think, I mean, I love Kelly. I love what he brings, his defensive intensity, his personality, his attitude. Uh, his ability to hit pretty much from anywhere is great. Uh, but when I look at Holmes and Rashawn Holmes, I think, uh, you know, he brings something, uh, a skill set that DeAndre Ayton isn't really there for, necessarily, you know? DeAndre Ayton's there to, you know, pound the paint, you know, score those buckets inside, do all that kind of thing. But Rashawn brings, I think, more of a character balance to this team. Yeah, he brings the energy for sure. Kelly yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, that being said, I love Kelly. Um, I think it was a great trade, and if it is his last season here, his last half season, um, you know, he's been great for us. So, <laughs> with everybody chiming in, and on that, let's move to the Johnson trade. Tyler Johnson uh, being swapped out pretty much directly um, for Ryan Anderson. Uh, kind of a strange trade. Um, um, <laughs> Wayne Nellington obviously coming into and being waived which seemed to outrage many Suns fans instead of being traded. Uh, but what's you guys' thought on the trade? Um, <laughs> I think Wayne Ellington probably wouldn't have got traded here if we didn't tell him, like, basically promise him that we were going to label. What What did he even get? Honestly, like, what was the purpose? Was it so he, that he could get waived? or what? It was so he can get away, man. He had a no-trade clause with Miami. So basically, uh, he could have said no. So we basically told him, for him, so he could say yes, so he could get waived and go where he wanted to go. Yeah, I don't think we ever had the really would have had the chance to trade him. I think that was kind of agreed upon between yeah, him and you know the Suns that that's what was going to happen. Yeah, no, that's for sure. Um, I personally didn't really care for Wayne Ellington being traded or not. I mean, nothing. Not, I don't mean to be that guy who thinks like this, but I mean, what recently what we have gotten from Wayne Ellington that would have helped his team, you know. But more draft picks, cool, maybe assets to put in another deal, sure. But, you know, a second-round pick probably wouldn't do as much really good anyways. Yeah. Uh, but, um... Yeah, I mean, okay. I, I think the Tyler R. Johnson aspect, I mean, mm-hmm. it makes a little bit of sense. You're basically yeah. you're basically matching Ryan Anderson's salary. I think it's, I think he's a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And you get you, you get your stopgap point guard or whatever. Just see, see what he's got for the rest of the year. Maybe keep him around. And the way Who I look knows? at it is that Tyler Johnson is just another Ryan Anderson that can play yeah. at least a little bit. And for whatever reason, he's still somewhat better looking to look at than Ryan Anderson. <laughs> he's um, not the long-term answer. We all, we no, all not, absolutely not. Please, no, God. Uh, but yeah, so uh, from there, let's uh, jump into that. Trade deadline wrap-up is good. Um to the All-Star Weekend coming up here. We won't see you guys until after the All-Star Weekend, so let's give you our quick predictions. Um, let's start with um, each of us will give you our predictions for each winner of each contest. Let's see here. Three-point contest. I'm going to take a dark horse. I mean, obviously, other than Devin Booker. This is the rule here. Nobody can pick Devin Booker. All Suns fans. I'll pick him anyways. <laughs> nope, so no, I'm, not follow, I'm not following the rule. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> So I'll follow the rule. I'm okay. I don't care. Because I actually don't think you okay, will. Okay. Everyone picks Devin Booker. Cool. All right. <laughs> Three-point contest. I will take Joe Harris if it's not Devin Booker. 
for some reason. Joe Harris seems like he's just going to win a stream from a contest this weekend, so I'm taking him. Uh, skills challenge, I'm going to be taking Darren Fox because obvious reasons. Uh, and dunk contest, let's, um, let's go with John Collins. Why not? Nice. Um, Christian, who are you going to take? All right, three-point contest. If I'm absolutely not allowed to pick Devin Armani Booker, mm -hmm. I'm going to take Steph in his hometown in Charlotte. When Fair enough. Point contest. Dunk contest, I'm going to go with John Collins as well. I agree with you. I think he's going to print out a, a JaVale McGee-like show, a lot of big men winning this again. Mm -hmm. It hasn't happened in a while, so. Exactly. That's why I'm picking him. Mm -hmm. And then skills contest, give me, give me Mike Conley, the most underrated point guard in the league. All righty. Uh, Crispy. Um, okay, so for the three-point contest, I'm going to go Joe Harris as well. Don't know why. Kind of the same reasoning as you. Kind of has that, like, Jason Capono vibes. Exactly. Just there and light it up for no reason. Like the guy, um, the guy who kind of seems like he's from Charlotte, but he's probably not. Yeah, exactly. He's just going to score, like, all the balls real fast, like, no problem. Uh, yeah, and then good. for skill challenge, I'm gonna, after what I saw today, I'm going to pick my boy Trey Young. I'm going to have to. And then slam dunk, I agree with you guys. I'm going to say John Collins. Right, three votes, John Collins. Let's go, Keith. Who are you taking? Right, since you said now Booker, I really think Booker's gonna win again. I feel like he has that in here. Really think Booker's gonna win again. All right, go give us another that. answer just for. <laughs> Great with Christian name. Uh, give me, give me Chef Curry. All right. And okay for um skills challenge, give me Trey Young. Ice trade a gang. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna go with Miles Bridges. I think he's gonna get some Aaron Gordon vibes. Mm -hmm. Hometown vibes. There you go. Noise. All right. And last but not least, you guys, uh, the All Star Game. Who wins? Team LeBron, Team Giannis, and um, who's your MVP? Crispy, go ahead and start. Give me Team LeBron, and I'm gonna say Kyrie MVP. Christian, I'm picking Team Giannis just for the fact that Team LeBron is so much better on paper. So that means Team Giannis is gonna win. And mm -hmm. and Giannis himself is getting the MVP. All right, uh, Marquise. Um, I actually agree with Crispy. I feel like Team LeBron is probably going to wash them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I feel like Kyrie's going to try to show out himself. I'm going to go with Kyrie. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm going to go on Christian's side here, just because of the fact that everybody's picking LeBron's team to win, and I'm going to pick Giannis's team. And um, I'm going to go with. Let's go with the troll, Joel Embiid, as MVP. Mm. Nice. That's a good choice. That's actually a good choice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be fun. So. All right, guys. Um, ladies and gentlemen, this is the end of our first episode of the Suns Undone podcast. You guys have a great all-star weekend. Uh, this has been a pleasure. The Suns Undone podcast, part of the Pulse Podcast Network, brought to you by Tixflix. We'll see you guys next week. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is 8-Bit Ray from the Gorilla Brain Podcast, part of the Pulse Podcast Network. Did you know that you could be using this spot to advertise your company or business? Well, I've done the research, and PodcastInsights.com report that podcast listeners are loyal, affluent, and mostly college-educated, but most importantly, are five times more likely to interact with the ad they hear on their favorite podcast than an ad from any other medium. If you would like to advertise your company or brand with our network, it's simple. All you have to do is send an email to marketing at pulsepodcastnetwork.com. I'll say it one more time marketing at pulsepodcastnetwork.com and we hope to hear from you soon.